What's up, guys? Roy here. Welcome to the Balance Mail Podcast Series. Today's episode is going to be another installment of It Can't All Be Bullshit, Right? <laughs> For those of you that are wondering, or this is your first time listening, uh, what I mean by that is this is sort of my attempt to share more of my story um, in church, religion, God, what I've gone through, what I've seen, how I felt, where I am now with it. So this is, uh, yeah, we'll call it chapter two. And this one is a juicy one. <laughs> um, this one is going to be all about... Um, dating in the church and relationships, sex, how I felt about it, what was shown to me, all that stuff. Um, I'm sure that <laughs> there's going to be, to me, there's some funny stories. Some of it might seem uh, terrible, but uh, you know what? Let's just talk. Let's just go for it, right, guys? I mean, yeah, let's just do it. So to kind of begin sort of this kind of, I'm going to kind of take us back, take me back all the way to kind of the very beginning of when I realized that I needed to, I needed therapy <laughs> because of all the stuff I had gone through and it, it happened back in 2014 and it was a, New Year's Eve date with uh, my wife and I, and you know it was. It, I don't remember a ton of what was going on that night, but I just remember us were sitting outside a restaurant, we're fighting and arguing over something, and I'm incredibly emotional, and I remember realizing. I don't know what we were fighting about, but I remember the emotions and I remember feeling that I'm way too emotional about this. Like, what is going on? And even my wife was talking like she didn't understand why we were why we were fighting. And I and I think that something wasn't going the as planned or how I felt it should go. And I just remember saying it has to be perfect. It has to be, or, or something to that to that extent. It has to be perfect. It has to go right. She, because I was like, because it's New Year's Eve, and I don't think she got it. And I was just like, it just this is. I realized it was just the first time I really realized this is church trauma. Um. And that's and I real we we got to talking about what it was like and dating and 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 you know we'll get more into that here in a minute but so much pressure I was feeling and that was when I realized I've got like there's there's no reason for me to be this upset over this and I need to talk to someone about this because I'm just angry at past crap from the church. And that's when I started really looking into talking to someone about it. Um, 
Because when I think about growing up in the church, one of the things that really affected me the most in the negative way was just dating. Um, When I think about things that I've had to deconstruct, viewpoints, ideas, um, roles for men and women, my expectations on things. It's, it's, it's this, it's, it's just so much crap that I've had to kind of cut through and let go of and deconstruct to reconstruct. Um, so, so yeah, so what I'm going to kind of go through with this is I'm going to talk to you sort of about what dating was like, uh, roles that was that was put upon both us men and women. Uh, I'll kind of talk about my relationships that I've had. Um, kind of what what the result of this was, and kind of where I'm at now. Um, so yeah, here we go. And the first thing I think when I when I want to talk about dating in the church, it's just pressure. I felt so much pressure um, with regards to to my role as a man and dating women. And, you know, dating in the church, and I want to, I want to kind of preface this by saying, you know, everything that I'm sharing is my story. And kind of how I viewed things. And for some people, they found the loves of their lives in the church. And they found a family and they're thriving and all of that. My parents were one of those people. And, you know, when we exist and when we go through things... It's like we, ha- I guess, I, when I observe it, it's like if, if someone shares a negative thing about something, then everyone should have had a negative experience, I guess. And so this is what I was, this is how I internalized it. This is how I saw it. This is how I took what people said to incorporate that into my life. And... If you're listening to this and this wasn't your experience, I just hope that you don't think that there, there's something wrong or I don't know. I don't know what I just and I'm not looking for for pity or just kind of like I hope that people can listen with open hearts to this if you were in this and this wasn't your experience. Um. So yeah, so pressure, you know, (laughs) dating in the church was used for protection. That's how I saw it. So constantly I was told in one way or the other that I had to protect the women in church from 
men outside the church. And <laughs> in taking the girls out on dates and making them feel encouraged, I was helping them to see that the men in the world were not worth it. And there were so many sermons and devotionals and talks and they would tell us how hard it is for women to stay pure in the world and it was due to the fact that there's all these worldly men i've took some liberties with some artistic liberties so there are all these worldly men out there just waiting to pounce to steal these women away and essentially take them into an alley and just have their way with them, leave them pregnant and dirty. And I needed to to take these women out on dates so that they would have the strength to fight back in some form. And, you know, I was encouraging them. They were keeping their faith in their faith in God through these encouraging dates that I would be taking them on. (laughs) Like, no fucking pressure, right? And also, I do need to say that a lot of times when we refer to, as I tell stories, and and I'm going to get into stuff, I want you to know that I'm going to be calling them sisters, because a lot of, we were viewed as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so whenever they would talk about, whenever someone would get up, they'd always be like, you know, and brothers, we need to be taking these sisters out on dates. And so you're constantly dating your sister. And I always had a problem with calling them my sister and to date my sister. I, I don't know. Maybe I just thought too much about it. I just, I just couldn't stand it as a kid and as a college student. You know, because, like, the worst thing that can happen, right, is these sisters having their virginity taken from them. And we could go into so many podcasts and talks about the idea of how if you losing your virginity is such a terrible and gross thing. And that I hated that. I still hate hearing that. You know, we would use the phrases of like used up gum. And so if a girl is is wooed by a man in the world and she has sex with him, she's basically a used up piece of gum. You know? Like, how fucked up is that, right? Like, it's hard enough to be a person in this world and to date, and then here you go. Like, I, I, I don't know if if it was as hard for them as it was for us, and they had these kind of conversations. I don't know. I feel like it was, but just, like, t- so much pressure, so much, like, ah. And so there was, like, an expectation of us that we were going to take these women out sisters and you had to do it you kind of you kind of had to do it weekly and <laughs> and they kind of had to say yes in a way um that's how i felt like i had to take them out and they had to say yes on some level and i mean there's there's times when you know we can say plus you know with Maybe it wasn't fully that. Like, it wasn't like they were lining up and I was saying, I choose you this week. And they would say, yes, brother, let's go. 
but but I felt like the role in church that we you know I took them out they went out with me and we were doing it to keep each other from <clears throat> from straying so so there was there was a process and when I think <laughs> it was the funniest thing to me is this process I called it the dating timeline and it was a week long process and I'm going to share that with you now what it was like so you had the schedule and there were rules to dating and I'll get more into like rules and how that kind of played out too but there were a lot of rules to dating now first off when you asked asked out your sister it could only be on Sunday and after church on Sunday there was some, I don't know if it was some some brother in the church was asking girls out like three weeks in advance, and apparently that was wrong. It was a no-no. So after church was when you could ask your sister out on a date. Now, but before you asked your sister out, you had to find another guy to double date with because that was one of the rules. You had to double date. Uh, single dates were not allowed, really, because if you and the the I think the thought process was because we have this sexual and desire implanted to in us by Satan, and if you were ever alone with a girl on a date, Satan would get that foothold, and before you know it, you both would be overcome by your sexual desires, and there would be no controlling it. And you'd be snorting cocaine off each other's naked bodies, having sex all night. Before you know it, she's pregnant and ruined, and it's all your fault, and Satan won. <laughs> now, I know that's a lot, what I just said, and artistic liberties. But but that's 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 how it felt to me. Like, I, 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 I can remember, <laughs> I can remember this devotional talking about this. And there's this this dude that was pre- preaching to the guys that night, and he was talking about <laughs> he was he was basically yelling at us about brothers. When was the last time have you taken a sister out on a date? You know, and we're doing it right. We, you know, saving these just like yelling. I just remember being like, this is like a 280 pound football player some college and he's yelling at us and talking about this stuff and how our desires and oh we got to control it anyway so yeah you couldn't go on a you couldn't go on a single date you had to be a double date now once you kind of procured your brother before you asked a girl out your sister out and i liked to know before ch- before church on Sunday, I'd kind of have like, hey man, you want to try to you know go on a date this weekend? Cool, so that you had that because the last thing you wanted is to be searching for someone to double date with, and that not working out because then you had to cancel your date with your sister, and then because you canceled, she's not encouraged, and then you know what would happen? Insert horrible negative thing there. So, so once you procured your brother, you were free to find the lucky sister for you to encourage and protect on Saturday. And Saturdays were really the only days you could date because really we had no other time. And that's something that I'll, I'll 
lead to another thing. I mean, there was, you had something going on every day. So, right after church was the time. Now, I like to think I like to think about this as imagine what it's like if you've seen those shows about the stock market when the stock market opens up and it's just a chaos. That's kind of what it was like. Okay? So, once church was over, you had to quickly jump at your chance. Now, I usually tried to have an idea of who it was I wanted to take out. And I would, what I would let do is around like the second to the last song before church, I would start scanning the crowd to look for my sister to see where she was so that I could, as soon as the song was over, book it to where she was, ask her out because I wasn't the only one looking for sisters to date, you know. So, <clears throat> so I would know who I wanted, see where she was sitting, and get there before. Because I there's so many times I had this this sister in mind that I wanted to take out, and some jerk got there in front of me, and just ugh, didn't have the chance. I mean, I used to always sit on the outside so that I could get in and out really quick because. Because if you were slow, then you would miss your chance, and you're wasting you're wasting precious market time trying to figure out who was available, and then repeating the process over and over again, and risk leaving church without a date for Saturday, or even worse, you'd have to call the call someone on a Monday or a Tuesday. And it was that timing was important because they used to talk to us all the time about how you need to give her ample time. Timing was important because, you know, if she didn't have enough time to prepare and she felt overwhelmed or rushed, then she wouldn't be encouraged. And then, once again, you know what's going to happen. So there was only a couple times that it got to that for me, but those were the worst. So, yeah, so Sunday, you procured the brother for the double date. You procured your sister. You're good. Now, Monday to Tuesday was your time to get with your brother and to figure out how you're going to encourage these sisters on a date. This is incredibly important because if she was not encouraged, I'm telling you, I'm going to keep saying this, but you know what would happen. So, because, you know, those worldly men might look at night. They might start looking nice to her and she'd get trapped in their sinful snares like some unassuming little fish in the ocean. So the planning took place and it was pretty close to someone planning like you're trying to woo woo your girlfriend. I mean, there were times when like I remember when brothers would would have their apartments, there'd be roses on the carpet and they have this elaborate meal prepared just for these girls and there you know things like that there were elaborate excursions through horseback carriages with flowers and chocolates and all this stuff while you know someone was in the black background saying poetry or playing the guitar i mean i'm not kidding like this is what it was like and once again i forgot to stress this you're not doing this per se because you love this girl or you like her you want to spend your time with you are trying to save her from the world and then she's trying to do the same to you let that sink in 
So you're doing all of this not because you like them, per se. I mean, I went through so much work for just someone that I was just doing it to check a box so that I didn't have someone coming down on me. So anyway, so, so there's lots and lots of planning. And I just remember this feeling of having to do something different every time because you didn't, I, I always felt like you didn't want her feeling like, oh, we've did this before. Oh, this isn't very much fun. I've already done this. Same jokes, same movie, same bowling, whatever, you know. So it was just constantly this feeling of like, we've got to make this different than the last one. And it was so fucking tiring. So <laughs> after a while, I just got so tired that I just picked friends and that was like-minded so that um, it was chill or at least chill enough. Like if I'm with my friend, chill enough to not get caught and just have a good, good enough plan, you know? And I put I put this note here that I, with the stars talk about group encouragement dates, and that was when <laughs> the brothers would get together, and it'd be like six brothers, and they would have six girls, and it would just be this like giant, giant, giant like <laughs> just like I said, rose petals and flowers, and like I remember one time hearing that the brothers washed they washed the sisters' feet for them in some elaborate display um, because they wanted to show how special they were and because <laughs> Jesus washed his disciples feet and all that stuff. And I just remember, I was like, Oh my gosh, that that's bananas. That's bananas. And I, and I, you know, I'm not trying to throw, throw crap on everybody, but I just, I've just been like, I've always been just so taken aback by that because I remember that these guys didn't want to date these girls and I just was wondering what I always wondered what the girls felt like when they're sitting there with five other girls while these dudes are washing their feet. <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> so let's move on. So that's Monday, Tuesday. Now, Wednesday. So Wednesday was the day that you would tell your sister about the date you had planned for her and who you'd be doubling with. And you had to do this on Wednesday. Because, you know, the sister needed to know what she was getting into. And so she could prepare at enough time. What to wear, what time to be ready, stuff like that. Surprises weren't necessarily a good thing. Um, and now unless you're asking your sister to be your girlfriend, assuming that you, you know, you're ready for it, you'd gotten enough advice, you'd sign the appropriate... Uh, forms and triplicate with three signatures from three different leaders to approve your relationship. I'm going to get to that later. Just chill out, calm down. But then again, surprises weren't a good thing. And you wanted to do it on Wednesday because you wanted to build excitement, right? Like, hey, I've got this plan. This is what we're going to do. And, and you didn't really want to do it on Thursday. I don't know if there was necessarily ever a like, you couldn't. It just was like frowned upon. You know, and so Wednesday, there you go. Now, Thursday to Friday was your time to double check all your plans with your brother. Make sure everything was ready for your sister. You know, and if plans fell through, you need to be ready for it. Um, 
Now, and if you had to, like, you know, let's say that your sister wasn't at church or you weren't there, you could tell her on Thursday, but it was kind of discouraged, like I was saying. It was also, what was also nice is on Friday, you know, we had Friday night devos. I mean, we were at church all the time, but like all the fucking time. But anyway, you could, it was always nice to, on Friday, to tell that your sister that you were excited about the upcoming date. You know, I think I always hoped that they would come up to me before I came up to them to be like, hey, let's, I'm excited. Let's have, I'm ready to have some fun, stuff like that. But I never remember any, many sisters doing that for me. Um, maybe it was due to the fact that they didn't really want to get too excited for the date because that's something we have to talk about because then if they're too excited, I might misconstrue it that they like me. And then there's that whole another level to this and they don't want to see that because, reality remember you're not dating because you necessarily wanted to it's a part of the gig um you know and if 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 they put off that they liked you too much you might get excited and then before you know it you're having feelings and emotions and that you're not ready for and you don't want that anything to mess it up and then satan can get a foothold that you love her and then you're going to say something stupid and all that crap so you know, it was work. It was forced. Stuff like that. Um, but yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, a few times they would come up to me, especially if it was like friends of mine, and they'd be like excited. So that's cool. So then, so that's Friday. Now, Saturday. It was time. It was the time. You had prepped. You had planned. You were clean. Your car as well. That's important. You were ready. The pressure was on now. Here, here's when you get to take your sister out on the date, making sure you didn't touch, smell, get too close, hold hands, frontal hug. Oh, don't frontal hug. Oof. That's one thing we did. And I, I guess we could talk about that. Yeah, you never, you never, you always side hugged. Yeah, you could never. Could ever full frontal hug, because uh, you know, like I've said before, those sexual desires are big and strong, and if we frontal hug, and our bodies touched, the desire that was inside us would overcome both of us, and before we know it, we're humping like rabbits in the church bathroom or their apartment, and we're both ruined for the Lord. So yeah, so yeah. You made sure that she was laughing and smiling and left feeling encouraged. Fucking hate that word now. Encouraged. Anyway. Now, and if all went to according to plan and you did your job, you saved your sister from the evil, sinful, worldly men. She has the strength to fight them back and fight them off another week. And you'd hopefully, and this was what was really cool, you would get... A dope thank you card and some delicious baked goods from her on Sunday at church the next day. Oh, yeah. Those baked goods. And I need to note that rarely did I ever get cookies or any kind of shit like that. (laughs) And I know it's going to sound complaining. I'm complaining. But it really did something to me a lot. You know, I remember Sundays watching these girls 
these sisters make all these baked goods and have these elaborate. I mean, they did these cards where it was like they cut out pictures from magazines and made it super cool and intricate. And there were cookies or brownies or something. And I used to think, man, that's awesome. They must have really done a great job. And, you know, and then Sunday, you know, I'd take her out and then I'd show up to church and then, you know, I rarely, I mean, I got a car, I got cards sometimes, but I think I've only got, I only got something a couple times. And I, and I, I think like I internalized a lot of it probably more than I should have. But I just watched all these guys getting this stuff, and I'm like, what am I doing fucking wrong? I'm doing everything the way I'm supposed to, and I'm not getting this. And and it was terrible because it really reinforced this, like, reward system. Um, like, you had to get a cookie for doing something right kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I just internalized it as, like, I'm doing a crappy job. So, you know... I guess I'm not good at dating, which sucked. Sucked to feel, you know, because I was always an awkward kid. You know, I was in a marching band, for Christ's sake. My mom was a clown growing up. My dad was in the arts and opera. I wasn't exactly into the things or didn't grow up in, in the cool circles. So I'm like having all that baggage from high school, and I'm here trying to take these girls out, and it just you just felt... You felt like you did all this work and I just wanted a fucking cookie, right? Or something to feel like I'm doing it right. So, so yeah. And so that's a lot, right? But then guess what? After church, you got to do it all over again. And I do need to point out that... <laughs> I mean, you could probably tell from the last 30 minutes of me talking about this that... I hated doing this. <laughs> and and I've found so many ways of trying to get around it. Uh, one of them was, um, you know, I mean, parents didn't have a lot and, and I had to work. So I would, I would kind of like as much as I could work on Saturdays so that like I had an out, you know, sorry, you know, cause <laughs> And I just made sure my schedule like kind of got in the way of that. And um, so so I would I would kind of like try to put it off as much as I could. And then when somebody would be like, hey, bro, when's the last time you took a sister out? I'd be like, OK, I guess I'll do it. And it just became this begrudgingly thing. Like, come on. Right. Dating's supposed to be a little bit fun. Right. Like. Right. Like the first time I took out my wife, it was fun. It was amazing. I had a great time. I mean, I've had shitty dates. Everybody has. But dating's supposed to be fun. You're figuring stuff out. Who you like, who you didn't. But it was just such a process. And then, I mean, really, I could go on for another 30 minutes or 40 minutes about what would it be if you actually liked someone. I mean, the cliff notes of that is if you liked someone, then you had to tell your discipling partner. And I don't know if you've listened to other... other um, other episodes of mine when I've talked about this with, with Jim or someone else, but, but you had to tell your discipling partner who was like your, your uh, watchman, your, you kind of like your sponsor, 
in like AA, you know, like, Hey bro, I got, I'm interested in this, this sister. And be like, that's great because you know, but there's a lot of advice that you had to get a lot of timing. Uh, if you liked someone, you weren't allowed to take her out two weeks in a row at the beginning. You had to do every other week. And between those weeks, you had to take out another sister because you constantly had to be encouraging and saving these women. And then it would go and, you know, you know, it would slowly peter off and you would constantly be talking to people and your discipling partners and your leaders at church. And then when they felt you guys were ready, then you could start dating. And it would go from like every other week to I think it was like once a month then every other week and then you could start dating and then it was every week and then you were just exclusive with your sister and you were out of the race and you did it right on. But like I said, the forms had to be filled out, copied and signed and triplicate and all that crap. So anyway, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I used to think I, I kind of, th- as I've dove into telling my story and talking about this, I've been thinking as like, you know, I wonder how many of my sisters, were ravaged by sinful men or left church because I didn't encourage them enough. (laughs) Like what a fucked up thing to think about, right? Like what kind of like stupid pressure to put on you? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about it, but it's a fucked up mindset to have, right? Like that's in my brain that I've had to work through and let go of, right? Like I didn't, it's not my fault, right? So, but that kind of, that that shit affected me for a while, and um, you know, and that's how it was, you know. And I can, <laughs> I want to share a couple more stories with you guys. I kind of got got a few good things because I want to move into some other stuff. But uh, you know, my first date was was like that. Uh, my first date in church was with a. I was nineteen. And it was a 32-year-old black woman was my first date in the church. And, you know, it's not that it, it was it was so awkward. I kind of got pushed into it because someone that I was with needed a double date. And um, it was just crazy. It was crazy because me and this, this sister had nothing in common. Um, I tried hard to find things in common with, but she was like 13 years older than me. <laughs> and our date was to a fucking wedding. Um, and not like weddings in church were not like, were not like what you think about. I mean, it was dry. There's no booze, no food, real good food and stuff. And you're just kind of hanging out. And I remember being like, just going to a wedding this sucks got to do this uh there wasn't like i don't remember dancing like that some of them as as i got older they started to get a little bit more fun but this one wasn't it we didn't even stay for the reception we just went to the wedding i went to the wedding with this 32 year old black woman um in my dad and mom's minivan and I, I remember the guy didn't have a car. That's why I had to go on this date because he needed a car and I was really nice. So, so yeah, and it gets even worse. Uh, so we leave the wedding and we're going to go eat some Chinese food and go to a movie. And, 
<laughs> I know I went on the date. Sorry. Because you had to eat up time because you didn't want to be alone. You had to be active because, like I said, there was fear in being alone. Right? Um, yeah, because if you were alone, then your sexual desires would get over you and, you know, you don't want to give the devil a foothold, right? Yeah. So so then we, we leave and we're on our way to to get Chinese food and I roll over a pothole and I blow a tire. And it was raining and it, oh my God, my dad had to come bail us out and give me his, another car. And it was ridiculous. And then we went and had Chinese food and watched the movie Vertical Limit with Chris O'Donnell. And then I took her, we took her, the girls, the sisters home. And I knew that she was encouraged, or at least she felt sorry for me because she did bring me cookies. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I mean, I ended up having a halfway decent time. We all made the best of it, but just super awkward. And I don't think I went on a date for like four months after that. Because I was like, this fucking sucks. I can't do this. And so like, so I guess what all this did kind of led me to was just like a lot of unhealthy views um, a lot of like unhealthy views on women, like their role in life was to encourage me and make me feel good. Cause I'm trying to make them feel good. And that was their job. And, you know, they, and that's not a good place to be at all. Right. It's not a good place for me as a man to be thinking that about these women and vice versa. Um, It also just expectations. Like I'm saying, like for every good thing I do, I need to get a reward. Like that's what this like cookies and cards and crap like that was, was putting in my mind was that when I do good, I get something. And that has played out in so many areas of my life. It's like to the point where it's like, if I do the dishes, I feel like I need to get a treat, you know? And, and that's, that's so unhealthy in this world as a, as a man to feel that. Um, so there was a lot of that, a lot of, um, unneeded pressure that things need to be perfect because, you know, in our lives, when like one thing happens to us in like a negative way, it doesn't just stay in this one area. Like if you get fired from a job, it's like unexpectedly, it's not just like you feel, you're just going to feel that anger and that frustration at work. I mean, you're going to feel like that loss, that like feeling of unworthiness, that feeling of like rejection in so many areas if you don't talk about it. And so like this, this pressure and this feeling of everything needing to be right. And it's all on me. It's like played out in so many areas of my life. Um, it's just mind boggling. And, you know, one thing that this, this, all this, like this stuff that I was dealing with led me to was a hidden relationship. And I had a, I had a secret girlfriend, um, for about a month. Yeah, this girl that I worked with, um, she was cute and she liked me. And I was like, heck yeah, somebody likes me. 
that's cool. And it was at my job and, you know, I, I had to work a lot through college. And so I was around her and, uh, it just kind of like, it kind of like blossomed into like this, like secret thing. Um, I remember I snuck around with her at work to find places to kiss her. Um, and I knew it was wrong hundred percent because really like, and, and you know, our church was very tribalistic and very much like, like I said, in my last episode, it was, you know, it's one way it's our way, but like, you know, you had, your friends had to be at the church. The girls you dated had to be at the church. We use this phrase of like, do not be yoked with unbelievers. And the yoke is when you are farming and you're pulling a plow, the yoke or a carriage or something, the yoke is what would connect the animals that would pull the carriage. And so you didn't want to be yoked with unbelievers because if you were yoked with someone wrong, you're not going to build each other up into the Lord. You neither are you going to get to heaven. So you couldn't date outside the church. I should have mentioned that in the beginning. It was a big no-no. And so from the moment I, I did it, I remember being like, yep, this is wrong, but this still is pretty cool. And I really don't care right now because I can date. Because what I was thinking is like, I could date this girl and I don't have to do any of this crap. It's not like I don't have to do, like, I didn't like just sit around. I mean, I just didn't have to have all this pressure. I would just call her up and say, hey, do you want to hang out? And she's like, yeah, and we would go hang out. And, and so... I snuck around with her for a long, for about a month. It was fun. It was awesome. And it was great. But then like, you know, after a while I realized I'm, you know, I just kept thinking, man, I'm doing something wrong. God's watching. People are going to find out. I can't be doing this. And I remember the day that I like, I hung out with her and it was supposed to be a Friday night. We were supposed to have a devotional and I skipped it. Can you believe it? I skipped a church service to go out with a girl. <sighs> terrible, terrible things. And <laughs> I remember I turned my cell phone off to have like an out. Oh, my phone died or something. And I hung out with her all night. We made out and it was so much fun. It was awesome and dope. And But then I remember like freaking out because... I knew that what I was doing was wrong and I was like, I've done this long enough. So I kind of like just bolted. And then that next morning I called, you know, I had like not, I had, I think I had like 12 missed calls that day within like a two and a half hour span of like, where's Roy? Why is he not at church? 12 phone calls. Kind of cool that people cared that much, but still it's pretty wild. And, um, yeah, I called one of my friends back and I kind of confessed what I was doing. And it felt like I was like, yeah, it felt like a, <laughs> just, it felt like I was like, yeah, I was doing drugs last night. I'm sorry. I fell off my bad, you know? And so I remember him being like, all right, we'll talk at church on Sunday. And I was like, oh my God. It's like when your mom tells you, wait till your dad gets home. So, so then, but, but here's, here's, it's crazy. So like, <laughs> um 
so I, I go to church and I could tell her they're looking for me and they found me and they pull me aside and we have to go talk. And this guy's like, he's like, I can't believe you would go out with, Oh my God. And you're going out with someone not from the church. And, oh, do you know what you're doing? Do you understand? And it was like the most just bananas thing of just like terror and like, Oh my gosh, like I'm ruining my life because I went on a date and I was doing some things with this girl. And I remember he just stops and he said, well, you've got two options. You can choose God or you can choose her. Yeah. Choose God or choose this girl. And like, like, <laughs> of course, I was like, no, I choose God. I'll break up with her immediately. I was so scared. I was sweating. I was like, I, I mean, I have to choose her or God. Like, if I date this girl, like, I'm going to hell. Like, no, I don't want that. But that's just what, that was the mindset. No, you can't. Anyone that was, wasn't in this was or didn't think, looked, act, just like we were doing it, was going to lead you into hell and you were going to burn forever. So, so yeah, I, I broke up with her in the most awkward way possible and it fucking sucked, but, you know, hey, I chose God. <laughs> and then I just kind of lulled back into it and to the motions and then forgot about it and kind of was like I did the right thing and but it was just I just never forgot that that phrase like I'm you're going to choose God or this girl. And and this was one of those moments in my life when I was like it can't it, it that can't be right. But like I've told you guys before like this wasn't like something that I just found in college or I was having a terrible life and like God, you know, was shown to me and I chose the church and everything was great. Like I was born into this, like my entire world was this. So when, when someone says something, you're choosing God or this, like I knew I, it's hard to, you know, like, I mean, that was, that was everything. Right. And it pisses me off that he said that. Because that was unfair to say. Because we shouldn't have to choose like that. And I don't think that a God thinks like that. For something as silly as like just dating and making out and crap like that. Like it can't be like that, right? Like now I'm at a place where it's like if God's that, then I don't want any part of it. But, but I wanted... And I needed to have this. I needed to have this church. I needed to have this place. So I had to do everything they said. Because it did all I ever knew. And yeah, I felt shitty about this. But I knew that if I kept doing it just like they said, it was all going to work out. At least I hoped it would. So, you know... Yeah, pretty wild. And, you know, luckily, you know, in a, in a, I did end up having a relationship in the church. Um, and it was just, 
it was marred with all of that stuff that I talked about the results, you know, just this view of myself as powerless to my sexual desires and pressure to make everything right. And, you know, a slip up meant I've ruined this person. And that was what my relationship in the church was, was it was, it was doomed from the start, <laughs> you know, because you go on these, da- you know, you start dating someone and it's natural to want to express your love physically. It's natural to want to be with them all the time. It's natural to have these feelings, but it just wasn't. I was constantly going against it and forcing myself to to feel or to like push it all down i remember sitting cuddling on the couch and praying to god that i wouldn't get a fucking boner (laughs) praying to god to not get a boner and i was 24 (laughs) like, like like, because I knew, like I said, if, if I, I was, I was powerless and she was, we were powerless to, to not be able to control it, you know? And so needless to say, you know, the relationship didn't last and it didn't last because of, of other, because of things. And we got into a situation or It just it just didn't last because, you know, once you go past the once you do something physical in this scene, in this in this narrative, in this life that isn't doesn't follow the rules, then you're both screwed up. And yeah. So that sucked. But, you know, it all works out in the end, right? <laughs> I digress. But, yeah, and so that's what the that was the relationship was just a bunch of trying to follow the rules. Like, I got to know this girl, and we got, you know, and all that stuff, but it was just constant pressure. And that pressure is hard to let go of, and it sticks with you. Um, And... So, like, I guess where I can go from that with this conversation is just this feeling of, like, so that's what we got versus what I think we needed, right? You know, what what I needed, what we all needed in our, what we need in our 20s when we're talking about relationships, love, sex, all of that is open, honest dialogue instead of this oversimplification of things and just rules, um because in that like what we weren't doing was honoring each other through this i wasn't honoring myself i wasn't honoring this this woman i was just following these rules and putting unneeded pressure on us and i think about i just think about the the how many people 
if there's people that feel and think like I do about this. Like I was craving someone to talk to me in a real way about sex, in a real way about dating, in a real way about love. You know, I can count numerous occasions where like, you know, you would have people in these relationships and dating and have no idea what they're doing and they're getting married and their wedding nights are marred with instead of a celebration of love, fear, locking themselves into the, into their, the, the bathrooms, you know, because we can't, you know, when, when you're in a situation where this one thing is wrong until you're married, like that's the, you know, and I'll come back. I need to come back to that, but you know, you can't just shut it off. And that was the thing. Like you couldn't have sex. You were not allowed to, you're not allowed to have sex before marriage. Oh my God. You could damn near kill someone. And that's better than having sex before marriage. And everything was controlling that everything we did, everything that every interaction, every thought, every moment was about controlling your sexual desire pushing it down to a point so that you didn't have sex until you were married because it was God's way. God designed it one way. And that's kind of where I'm leading into is that it was always either God's way or the world's way. And I, you know, God didn't want you to have sex until you were married because sex was only about procreation. And it just was like so fucked up. And I remember feeling once again, another, you know, there were, my life was full of these constant moments where I was like, this can't be real. Right. But just thinking that, you know, these feelings that feel so natural to me are wrong. Right. And God doesn't want us to have that. And it just was like, so it's just so crazy. It's so hard to let that go. So hard to, to live in that environment where, Everything is wrong. You're walking this fine line. And, you know, I know people, I've seen people that, you know, you're in a relationship for a year and you're getting married in a year. And it's not, and, and I, <laughs> it's because you haven't had sex yet. Because there's only, you know, you're not, a, I'm butchering this and I, I know that this sounds harsh because there's a lot of people I know that, that, that have found love and happiness through this. But I just remember watching these, these people and they were together for a year and they're getting married because really the only way to do what you wanted to do was to be married. And I think sexual desire and love get real cloudy sometimes, right? And you think you love this person, but really it's like this sexual desire. And then all of a sudden you get married and then you have sex and they're like, oh, well, that wasn't as great as I thought it was. Now you're stuck with this person. And, you know, it's a terrible, terrible cycle that I've heard about. But if we had that open, honest dialogue about what this was, we could talk about healthy relationships and dating because I'm all about, I think where I'm at now and what I kind of, I want to move into more of a positive is kind of what, what 
this brought out of me is because I find so much value in honoring your heart, honoring love, honoring your body in a way that is healthy for you. And I think if there's something that I've taken away that's positive, because I do want to focus on, that's why I kind of titled this, it can't all be bullshit, right? Because there has to be good intentions for this. And that's kind of, you know, maybe I'm reaching or stretching, but like, but honoring that is, is pretty cool to me. Like I've always felt that, you know, because I think what really helped is so through all of this pressure and through all of this, like dating and stuff, I think what it kind of did in a positive way was I created a lot of friendships. Like I learned how to be a friend to your girlfriend. And that's something that, that added to my relationship with my wife now in so many ways. Because, you know, you're developing a friendship and, and a relationship in a healthy, cool way that's not all about just just boning each other. And I learned how to court. I learned how to romance someone. And that's something that I think was really, I'm indebted to that. So, so I can't throw all the, you know, I can't throw the baby out of bathwater with this. Um, and I think, what else is it? I wrote it down. Sorry, guys, I should have. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I do think that, yeah, it was, it was just this, uh, this feeling of like forcing me to look for ways to hang out with a woman that didn't involve sex was very powerful because it helped me to interact with girls and it helped me to just be, yeah, I said courting and, you know, I don't think that I could have I don't know if I would have been successful in dating my wife without this, as fucked up as all this was. You know, <laughs> there was some method. I just think that what happened was these really good intentions of like trying to do things turned into rules. I think that's what happens a lot in church is that these good intentions become dogma, and we can't deviate from that at all. Because really, you know, there's this, um, you know, as I've as I've kind of moved away from this specific church and kind of been open to other things. I've kind of read some authors and there's this, um, so Rob Bell has this book called sex God and he talks about angels versus animals where he talks about, you know, animals, you know, animals, their main goal is food procreation and shelter. There's no real like courting, involved in that right so it's just you know they're eating shelter sex eating shelter sex and then you have angels where they're only their only um job they're created for the sole pur purpose of worshiping god so there's no sexual desire no anything else but worshiping god and then you have us and we're not fully animals and not fully angels so we're somewhere in the middle 
And so there has to be some kind of balance in like how we deal with these things, these, these like carnal things, because, you know, and, and and I don't agree with just following, (laughs) following your sexual desire to every instance. Like, I don't think that that's appropriate. That's my view. You know, I mean, if you're no control over things and no boundaries, I think it's not a healthy life. Um, so we're somewhere in between where there needs to be some kind of love, some kind of balance to this in our life. And, you know, Richard Ward's another guy who talks about how, like, and this might make the, the, um, I think this is where it really got the metaphor for what I was trying to say was like really solid. And he goes, you know, the animals, us and angels, you know, animals are freedom with no choice, ultimate freedom, no choice to that. They really are just driven by their desires. And then angels are no freedom and no choice. But then us, we have freedom and choice. And so we have to be able to talk about that and find that balance for each other and balance for what it is for us. And it's, I think it's subjective in that what's right for me might not necessarily be right for you or this other person. And so that's what I believe. And that's kind of what I wish I would have gotten. Maybe it would have saved me from heartache or maybe I needed to go through all this. And, but it was, you know, (laughs) I just like, we can't oversimplify love, sex, and relationships. And it's such a nuanced thing. Um, and we can't live a life that's either or. Our life is not this duality where it's either good or bad, in or out. I mean, there's so much gray. It's not, you know, to this. And, you know, I'm grateful that I went through it because it's helped me to see that. It's helped me to find the gray. It's helped me to find healthy ways of expressing myself sexually and with love and maybe I needed this so there it was dating I know it was silly and I know it was wild and if you've gotten this far with me thank you so much for listening and for being a part of this and yeah So, be excellent to each other. We'll see you next time.